Time now for our good friend Birdie with Bat, Mr. Al Bat. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes. I'm going to say it right off the front because I'll forget on the end. Uh, uh, the staple singers, I love Wade in the Water. Oh, um, so such good I, stuff. Yeah. Oh, they are such good singers. I, you know, it is a, it's nippy out today. I'm sitting here trying to put a Band-Aid on a cut <laughs> finger. Oh, no. It's our, actually, it's a cut thumb that got in the way of something sharp. And, uh, you know, I don't know. A lot of people, I think, are a lot better putting a Band-Aid on themselves maybe than I am. <laughs> I seem to get it on there, and it either doesn't stick or I miss the wound entirely when it sticks well. You so, should call Gail it, or your school nurse. <laughs> One of the two. I should, yeah. Yeah, be, yeah, I know one of the school nurses here, so maybe I could get her to make a um, a house call. That'd be nice. It, you know, there's some. Uh, there's always folklore about the weather around uh, the, the weather on every day of the year. There's folklore uh, around Christmas. Uh, one is a windy Christmas is a sign of a good year to come. And I know a lot of you are saying, well, that's pretty easy to beat 2020. It should be a good year to come. Uh, if Christmas Day be bright and clear, there'll be two winters in the year. Uh, white Christmas, green Easter, and green Christmas, white Easter. Boy, I heard that all the time growing up. And December, changeable and mild. The whole winter will remain a child. So it's I'd be all right with that, I guess. I, I like a bit of winter, but uh, I don't need a whole lot of it. I walk Kaplan Woods. I walk Kaplan's Woods a lot. It's in Owatonna, and I always see beguiling birds there. always see friends out there walking the same trail, so spend a lot of time uh, uh, chit-chatting there. But I saw a barred owl there the other day, and barred owls eat small animals, including squirrels, chipmunks, mice, voles, rabbits, uh, birds, amphibians, reptiles, crayfish. They even eat fish. And they hunt by sitting and waiting on an elevated perch, and they scan for prey. And sometimes they will temporarily store prey in a nest in the crook of a branch or at the top of a snag to eat later. Great horned owls do the same. And like many owls, a barred owl has one ear higher than the other. And hearing from two different angles helps it pinpoint the location of prey. And I walked among the, some evergreens, and I remember as a kid I learned, it's funny how stuff comes back to you, how to tell white pine from uh, Norway pine. Because white pine had five needles per bundle, so you'd count uh, W-H-I-T-E, five. Oh. And Norway, the red pine had two needles, so it was Norway, two. And then, uh, of course, the cedars there, they're the flat needles. I've not seen a snowy owl this fall. Oh, I've been looking when I've been out. It's a prime spark bird, and a spark bird is a bird that sparks a person's interest in birding and opens eyes to the incredible beauty and mystery of birds. The snowy owls visiting here have proven to be more nocturnal and healthier than originally thought. And while in Minnesota they feed on a number of things, but probably primarily voles, rabbits, and waterfowl. Would there be more snowy owls if there were snow or doesn't that matter? Uh, They get to be a little harder to see. 
I heard from Alan Rita Granson and Bruce McKee. They saw one down by Mason City, and they said it was uh, pretty easy to see. It stuck out like the mm. proverbial thumb, sore thumb down there, because it was moving in uh, on dark ground in a white bird. You know, each winter we're, we certainly are creatures of habit. At least I'm just going to speak for myself. I certainly am a creature of habit. And each winter I stop in Monticello, Minnesota, where for 35 winters trumpeter swans have been fed along the bank of the Mississippi River there in a place called Swan Park, which offers an artificial corn feeding program started by Sheila Lawrence in the 1980s and continued by her husband Jim after her death in 2011. Uh, This program has ended. Jim Lawrence, the city of Monticello, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Department, the Minnesota DNR, and the Trumpeter Swan Society all got their heads together and decided that they they hope to preserve the long-term health of the migratory birds by encouraging the swans to remain wild and to forage naturally for food. Uh, Estimates, uh, they're around 30,000, they figure, of these birds in Minnesota now. Uh, Christmas presents, uh, they keep on giving. Boy, two things just come uh, galloping to mind when I think about something to give a birder or a, a nature lover. One is a bird feeder, and the other one is a state park sticker. These are things that give all year long. When you get a bird feeder, what kind do you recommend? You know, there's so many. There's the platform feeders, and there's the ones that, you know, have little ledges with plexiglass where you can see the seed, and there's the oriole feeders, there's hummingbird feeders. Is there any one that's a better choice than another or not a good choice, perhaps? And it depends on where you're at. And what my my favorite are the... uh, they're little platform feeders with suction cups that go right on the oh. window, and they're perfect for, uh, oh, if you have folks that uh, maybe are in an assisted living or a nursing home or something like that, uh, they're nice. Uh, some of them can even be filled if it's a crank-out window. You just crank it open and put more seed in it. And I just love these things. Uh, do they fall off the windows? Oh, you know, on occasion mm-hmm. when a two-ton squirrel drops down on it or something, sometimes it'll knock it off. Does does the cold uh, affect the suction? That's what I was wondering if they work in the cold because I would think that that would be tough on the suction cups. You know, if they're seated pretty well, they will stay on there oh. uh, all winter. So they, they, they work pretty well. The one thing I try to do on them is I'll... You know, you clean them all up good, you clean the window, and you can even use um, like a hairdryer or something to warm the glass a little bit, and then put these guys on there, and put a little vegetable oil, just a little bit, around the outside of the suction cup, and it'll stick on there much better. It seals and makes it more lasting, and I just love these. We got a question from one of our listeners that says, what type of bird seed or food should we put out to keep the birds coming to entertain elderly shut-ins? So in the same vein of what you're talking about. Yeah, and I give uh, just a real simple answer because it makes life easy as black oil sunflower seeds. Okay. They're the, they're the ones, or you can get them that have been hulled, so it's just a nut. And those two things are just the ones that will drag in the birds that... 
everybody always says, well, it brings in the good birds, and I have trouble between good and bad birds. I don't think there are bad birds. So, But it brings in the birds that we like to see, yeah. the birds that we want. So it'll bring in the chickadees and the house finches and the nuthatches and those kind of things. So that's what I like. And the question continues, no- is there a brand you would suggest, or maybe there's a brand to stay away from? Because I know there's some brands that have a lot of filler in them. So is there anything to stay away from or anything you recommend, perhaps? Yeah, I'd stay away from um, Milo, wheat, those kind of things. Uh, They just do no good. Uh, So if you can stay away from them. And Milo is sorghum. looks like little BBs, and you don't want that. And a lot of the mixed, if you're going to get mixed seed, go to one of the outfits that kind of have a specialty for bird seed. So if you do get some, because millet and things are pretty good for sparrows and juncos, but a lot of that in there is just junk that nothing wants to eat, no matter what you give to them. Uh, All you might do is bring in some things that you really don't want there. So uh, check out one of the, and there's a number of stores around that have a, a bird seed department. They usually have a guy back there that kind of knows what's going on with birds and what should be fed. And I know, being a cheap guy myself, it's hard to walk down those aisles and say, holy cow, that's only a dollar ninety-eight there? And you want to look at it, but then it's just filled with milo and wheat and oats and things that really don't have much anything here that eats them. So there's so many good, uh, oh, you know, with the things where you put them on the windows, you don't have to mess with a shepherd's hook. But that said, who doesn't have a shepherd's hook? It seems like everybody's got a shepherd's hook somewhere. Uh, so there's a lot of neat little hanging feeders that you can put on there that will hold black oil sunflower seeds. There's some of them that come with lifetime guarantees. So if something happens to them, you can take them back to the store and they give you one. So there are those. You can look at it, and as you're probably figuring out, it uh, they cost a little bit more. The cheap ones, you know, they get chewed up or broken. You just go get another one. Uh, most every feeder works well. Uh, birds don't care what brand it is or what they look like or... Uh, other than hummingbirds and things that are nectaring, the birds of winter, they don't care what it looks like. But there are so many good ones out there, the Yankee uh, ones, uh, Perky Pets. There's just a lot of really good brand names. and I shouldn't have mentioned two because there's uh, 17 <laughs> other ones that I'm, um, I'm swinging and missing on here. But there's a lot of really wonderful feeders out there. And you can tell just by picking one up. If it's got a little heft to it, you, you can tell if it's well-made. And there are a lot of really uh, cheap ones, but again, they work really well, too. Um, field guides, we talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, they're, uh, always, they're always welcome. And you can bring nature closer to someone, a new pair of binoculars. Oh, if you, you know, if it's uh, so that someone special in your life, a spotting scope uh, for general gifts. They got a favorite bird. Say it's a chickadee. You can get a chickadee T-shirt, coffee mug, jewelry, scarves, totes, wall decor, wind chimes, sun catcher, 
you can get all those things with a chickadee on them. And they all make wonderful, wonderful gifts and something they will treasure because it came from you. So that's the most important part that you're you're thinking of them. You know, there's uh, thanks to the International Owl Center in Houston, I heard David Johnson, who was the director of the Global Owl Project, speak. And he became enchanted with owls when he was 11 years old after an eastern screech owl landed on, on his canvas pup tent and called for 20 minutes. And David took it as a special message. He said, I didn't pick owls, they picked me. Uh, David is studying the myth and culture of owls from around the world. So he's interviewing all kinds of people for owl stories. And he said the one thing that really sticks with him, other than learning about the owls, of course, is he found that the role of grandmothers is important in the transmission of culture as those women have the time and experience to pass those things on. And, boy, how true that is. Uh, Don Grussing says, I keep goofing up because of birds. Every time I communicate with someone about COVID-19, I inadvertently type Corvid, which is the crows and blue jays. So, yeah, it's easy to do, I think, Don. Arlene Carr, who lives in Northfield, said, Al, just wanted you to know that my Miles of Susan is a, a photo of black-eyed Susans. A uh, photo won first place in the scenery category of the Wild Ones Photo Contest. I'll put a copy of it here, and she did. It was beautiful. We visited Dwayne Voz. Oh my gosh, Vozepcha. I'm gonna. I know I'm way off on that. A native seed farm by Lonsdale late this summer. It was one of the few programs we were able to safely have. This uh, photo will be published in the next Wild Ones Journal. We were also thrilled to have the Rusty Patch Bumblebee make an appearance in our gardens this summer. I think it was here this spring, too, when the queens came out and been trying to figure out where it's nesting. Uh, John of New Alm sent you something, Karen, and said, uh, "Here, well, I bet a lot of people can identify with this. Here's how work went this year, normal, then shut down for virus then back to seven days a week open, then only open weekends. Then November 18th, we shut down for a month. Not sure if that will be extended or back to work on December 18th. 2020 is a mystery. And I well, I think, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, and John said when the beaver slapped his tail on water at Al, it was to warn him and let other beavers know about the danger. Yeah, that was that was for sure. And he wanted them all to watch, all the other beavers watch, as he <laughs> chased me down the river. I think he just wanted. And John said his sister is still battling cancer. And, uh, man, John, I, I know how that is. And uh, my prayers are with her. Uh, he said his dad is good. He saw John saw a black squirrel one time at his dad's. Hopes a hawk or stray cat doesn't get it or an owl. Uh, did see at dad's years ago an owl get a squirrel. Uh, last time driving to Dad saw an eagle on County Road 8 East, then one in the Lassure area and one in Belle Plaine. Thought it was neat to see there three of them, each one in a different town or area. Can't believe another year is almost gone. Wow, I do enjoy 40-degree December weather. <laughs> it signed the boy who cried wolf, raven, and a pet peeve owner reporting live from New Ulm, John. 
Um, Milt Blumberg saw an American black duck in Renville County. Michael Etkin, oh, Michael's been out birding. He saw a greater white-fronted goose in Watlin County, a cackling goose in that same county. And then he saw an American golden plover south of Medelia, along with a killdeer still hanging around. Uh, Gerald Hoekstra saw a black-throated green warbler. This was like on December 10th. He saw this warbler in Olmstead County. Oh, this little bird should be long out of here. Uh, Brian Smith saw a greater scop at Thompson WMA in Brown County. And Bob Williams reported a short-eared owl in Steele County. So um, still a lot of great birds to see out there. Uh, listener uh, Herb, hi Herb, said, what bird do you receive the most questions about? And any, what bird call do you receive the most questions about? And, uh, boy, I had to think, you know, which is hard, but you sit down you just uh, try not to think about anything else. I get the most calls and emails and letters about the calls of two birds. Uh, one is from people who miss hearing the songs of meadowlarks. Uh, I, I talk to so many people, and I know you can see a lot more people in person. I would uh, speak to somebody usually typically grew up on a farm or maybe a small town, the edge of town, and they would get that kind of faraway look in their mind. And the screen would go kind of wavy, and we'd have a flashback scene. And they'd say, uh, do you ever hear meadowlarks? Boy, I miss that. So it's a, a really neat, neat thing, uh, the, how much that metal art means to people. How do they uh, sound, Al? I guess I don't even know if I know what oh, one sounds like. Oh, man, I wish I had one up so I could play it for you. Oh, okay. It's a rich, bubbly song. Uh, I I just really, really enjoy seeing it. It just perks me up. It was my background music as I was growing up. Um, the other one is people will say, what is producing the song, this song? And they do that. Phoebe. And it's, uh, yeah, the black cap chickadee. It's a simple two note whistled Phoebe. And I, I hear that and it just, uh, it perks me right up. And people are always asking about that. And I'm so happy to be able to have an answer readily available and say, well, it's a chickadee. And they just uh, they say, well, Is this the meadowlark? Did you hear that? The, no, I didn't because I was blabbing away. Oh, I was playing. I think this is, is this the meadowlark. Does that sound right? All I hear are the sounds of silence. Okay, here. you must and, not be able to uh, hear it on your 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 end, but I'm yeah. playing a metal lark, so that's what. It, and you know what? I haven't heard that in a long time either, so that's kind of sad. It's a beautiful song, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, I don't know anybody that does a metal art call. I'm sure there are people. That's tough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, what a great. Uh, I'm thinking back when Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show used to have those people come on. And do all those uh, wonderful bird calls. Maybe they had somebody that did a metal arc. I, I'm not sure of that. Uh, when is the best time to see eagles at Hawk Ridge in the fall? Somebody asked. Uh, it's if you want to see eagles up there, Hawk Ridge is up by Duluth. 
the bald eagle is probably September and October, and golden or October to November. Uh, they this year they saw 5,300 bald eagles and they saw 208 um, golden eagles. So they aren't uh, there aren't a lot of golden eagles there, but they are they do see eagles. Uh, if you like rough-legged hawks, they're mid-October to early November. Red-tailed hawks are early October to early November. Uh, Broadwing hawks, boy, Broadwing hawks would be September 10th to September 25th, but they're the one. They see more of that raptor there than any other raptor. Uh, Sharp-shinned hawks, the second most seen, are mid-September to early October. They see 76,000. Uh, raptors there so it's uh, 32,920 of them this fall as I'm talking just this fall where broadwing hawks 13,595 sharp shin hawks uh, 5,300 bald eagles as I said 4,720 red tail hawks 1,948 rough legged hawks and 208 golden eagles so it's a it's it's a wonderful place. I was up there one year uh, leading a bus tour. We got out and it was just cold and miserable. The wind was from the wrong direction. It rained all day and yet all these people sat out there, tried to find some some kind of thing that would uh, at least act somewhat like a raincoat, you know, a plastic garbage bag, whatever you could find. And the rain poured down and we just had a great time. We saw three raptors the whole day. And three of them. And when the bald eagle went through pretty low, he got a standing ovation. Everybody applauded, and we were just so happy to see him. And then we went to uh, the nearest restaurant where we could eat and warm up because everybody was. It was one of those days where you could see your breath, yet it's pouring rain, and it was just uh, it was miserable. Um, a listener said, thanks for KMSU, and thanks you. Thank you for listening. Uh, what ate most of the mouse caught in a trap? All that was left was the fur. Oh, this is kind of one of those shudder questions for folks that uh, uh, these things uh, make you shudder. It could be mice. Uh, mice will certainly cannibalize another one. It could have been a rat. Oh, now that, that'll send off a few more shudders. But I think if I had to pick one... Uh, I would, it's like a clue thing, I would pick a shrew, which is a tiny little venomous mammal, and it would be a very likely predator. Uh, shrews have long pointed noses, they have dense velvety fur, they have little black beady eyes, and they lack visible ears. They have an incredibly fast metabolic rate that requires them to feed voraciously night and day. They eat earthworms, small mammals, mice and voles, uh, centipedes, snails, slugs, beetles, spiders, grasshoppers, crickets, and they will eat plant matter. I see them under the feeders eating sunflower seeds and things like that. So they that would be my biggest pick. And they're not a bad thing to have around. You know, if this I know this one was in a garage that we we're talking about. So having a shrew in a garage, yeah, nothing. It, they're neat little animals to have around, and they do good work. They will uh, 
take care of mice and voles. So uh, hmm. most of us don't want mice and voles around. So if you get a choice, shrews is a pretty, they're a good thing to have around. See, I think the uh, problem right. is it's hard to tell the difference sometimes in them. You just assume they're some kind of a rodent that you don't want because they look similar. Yeah, and the short-tailed shrew, the one we see a lot, is um, maybe the size of a mouse. Kind of looks that size. It doesn't have the long tail uh, that mice have, but it's around that size. Raccoons got on my feeders the other night here, and uh, they bend over my shepherd's hooks, and I, I go outside and shake my fist. I can't see them; <laughs> they're already sleeping. But thinking, oh, I'll curse you, raccoons! They are not true hibernators, so they may forage when the temperature hits 20 degrees or above. Uh, most white-tailed deer bucks they will shed antlers in mid-january but some do in december when stressed by severe weather so they shouldn't be having that problem yet anyway uh great horned owl courting pairs i'm hearing them on occasion hoot during the night they hoot these duets uh now before they nest in january or february so which is it's amazing to sit on a nest out there. Uh, geese uh, at uh, Lake Colmeyer uh, by Kaplan's Woods, there were uh, countless Canada geese. And geese will seldom migrate against a strong wind. They wait for the wind to blow from the right direction, and then they go with it. So geese are smart. They're one of our smarter birds. Uh, tall structures like communication towers that have guy wires, uh, they can be treacherous for flying birds. I was thinking that the other day. It was foggy. The lights on those towers confuse birds in foggy weather, causing them to fly into the wires. So it's a, a tough time. But it's the guy wires, not the towers that get them. Those guy wires are just uh, hard to see. And the last question I have here from a kind listener said, uh, the goldfinches in my yard, are they the same goldfinches I had all summer? Are they different goldfinches? Do goldfinches migrate? Uh, you know, yes and no. Uh, northern populations of American goldfinches are what we would consider short-distance migrants. Uh, some of ours will probably winter in southern U.S. Some maybe go down all the way to northern Mexico. The southern populations are year-round residents for the most part. Females will winter farther south than the males, and young males farther north than the adults. So goldfinches, they're regular in migration. More remain here in winters with good food supplies. And banding has shows that the wintering site fidelity is low, so they're not going to go necessarily back to the same yard when they do migrate. Some goldfinches, of course, are present year-round in Minnesota, and many of them are likely permanent residents. So the goldfinches we see in the winter tend to be young birds. Those hatched just months earlier. And they're very nomadic, so they could be at my yard one day and at Karen's the next. The goldfinches we have at our feeders could be our locals, or they could be from Canada. We don't know unless they're carrying a band of some kind. So they uh, they move around, but it's, you know, it's so neat to see them. I hear them out there. They're making that little bee kind of sound that they make, and they're just wonderful, wonderful little birds.
Say, Al, before you go, have you heard about this big, spectacular, rare Christmas star that's coming this December as the two worlds align after sunset? You hear about that? I heard a little bit. It's the uh, crescent moon. If you manage to see the crescent moon past Jupiter and Saturn this week, you'll have noticed something else about the solar system's two largest planets. They're really, really close to each other. And on December 21st, so just before Christmas, the date of the December solstice, they're going to almost appear to collide and become one super bright point of light. Jupiter and Saturn are going to look like a double planet for the first time since the Middle Ages. So maybe that reminds me of the Star of Bethlehem. Maybe that's what they saw. Yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be a wonderful Christmas gift and, and much needed. I think yeah. it'll perk us up is what it'll do. So that that's wonderful. And oh, Saturn, isn't that cool? If you get a spotting scope or something and slap it on Saturn, see that? I was just a, I could just look at Saturn all the time. If the hopefully you know, we'll have a, a clear skies. That's the thing because you know what was it this week earlier is trying to see what oh the the northern lights we were supposed to see but the the skies didn't cooperate because a lot of folks weren't able to see that when you know it was one chance of very few that we ever get yep and uh, all uh, all the comets and everything we just seem to get i don't know how that works out <laughs> but we used to have mike lynch would come down and do programs we'd go out to the state park and invariably, when he would come down and uh, we'd help unload a whole van full of all this big telescopes and everything, and then it would cloud up. And it was just uh, so then he would talk about it, which was good, but oh, it was. We'd have so many kids there looking forward to seeing it, and it just didn't always work out. This year, weird as normal. I think we all can agree to that. The world can be a bully at times. Uh, there's disease, accidents. A lot of grown-ups who don't act like grown-ups. On December 10th and 11th, I did yard work while wearing a t-shirt and light pants, and I could have worn shorts. I was that warm. That task completed, I concentrated on vying to be first in line for the COVID-19 vaccination. I'm sitting at uh, 204,547,935th in line right now, so it's it's looking promising. What do I do in the meantime? I eat less uh, to maintain my strength. Some foods are only food-like. I'm sure you like these, Karen, but boy, rice cakes come to mind for me. <laughs> I love lassa. It's bread, it's dessert, and it's a napkin all in one. <laughs> Life is good, folks. Merry Christmas to everybody. Please remember, Heartland is well worth diving past. Thanks for listening to me. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. And Karen, thank you so much for your wonderful company. Well, thank you, Al. I look forward to chatting with you next week. How's that sound? That sounds great. I'm looking forward to <laughs> all it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.